Beneath the Sakura Tree contains adult themes and harsh language, and is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Roleplay Television. I'm Mark. I'm Zach. And today we're playing a little game called Reflections uh, by Jim McClure. And to sum up this game real quick, it is about, it's about two samurai who were lifelong friends and acquaintances, but something has happened during their lifetime that has caused a rift between them. And now they meet to have one last duel. So uh, this game starts us off. Uh, we have a few things to establish in the prologue. So we have decided Zach will be player one and I will be player two. So Zach, uh, your first one that we have to decide is... Uh, we'll go ahead and read that first sentence. It was a time of blank. And let me read what this says. So, The first declaration will be made by player one. They may choose any statement that fits into the sentence, and this declaration will give the players a rough idea of the state of the world. So where do you think we are? And I, I don't think this has to be like historical Japan. I feel yeah. like we can kind of create our own fictional Japan. Yeah. Or fictional Nippon or fictional whatever. Yeah. Just a, a Japan-like world. Yes. All right. Um, it was a time of rebirth. Okay. I like that. Do I go into more detail what, like, the general idea? No, I think we can actually leave it at that. Do, like, rebirth after, like, a war? Or yes. Rebirth after... Okay. So after it's war time. and famine. So next comes my line. We stand upon blank. This gives context to where the final duel will take place. This location could have been purposely chosen for the duel, or the samurai could have arrived here by happenstance. So we stand upon... The hill that overlooks our childhood village, beneath a flowering sakura tree. So next, uh, your line, I remember when you blank. With this declaration, the player gets to establish information about the other samurai and their past connection. Um, if you need help, some of the examples are, I remember when you stood as a child in school, were nothing but a peasant, adhered to the code of honor, or fought for the right side. I got it. Let me just see how, I, how mm -hmm. I'm going to word this. Um, I remember when you gave me your uncle's sword. Ooh. And then my next line, the feud started when blank. This declaration gives insight to the nature of the feud you're about to play through. This is the catalyst for everything that has happened, which led both samurai to this duel. Mm. The feud started when you fell in with the wrong crowd. And that... Now, do I put, like, for mine, the future when I fell into the wrong crowd? Yes. Okay. And then last but not least, uh, a line we will both say. Not, uh, I don't think in unison. No, that would be confusing. My name is blank. I am blank. And I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. Mm. The player will choose a name that fits their character and then make a declaration about who their character is. Examples include by an honorable warrior, 
Katsumi, no longer the child you used to know. Toji, the last member of my family. Mia, the monk who will atone for your sins. My name is Dogen Aeda, rogue monk. I think that's all you need. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. like, maybe rogue monk seeking justice. I don't know. Or just rogue monk. I like rogue monk because the previous line is, you fell in with the wrong crowd. Mm. My name is Hatsuo. I am heartbroken by your betrayal. And I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. So now, uh, for the ritual of it. Um, the shot we see is these two samurai in the middle of their lives. I think they've arranged to meet each other here. And so they have arrived in full armor, swords at their side, beneath this blooming sakura tree. And we get our declarations. It was a time of rebirth after war and famine. We stand upon the hill overlooking our childhood village beneath the blooming sakura tree. I remember when you gave me your uncle's sword. This feud started when you fell in with the wrong crowd. I am Dogen. Dogen Aeda. Rogue monk. And I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. My name is Hatsuo. I am heartbroken by your betrayal. And I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. And now, we flash back. So, Reflections takes place over five scenes from the past. And the first one we see is the time we were friends. This was a time before the feud began, when you both were wide-eyed optimists about what the future would have in store. Two samurai finding a kindred spirit, in which a friendship flourishes like lilies in a pond. This scene is all about building trust between you and your friend, and establishing what your current relationship is built upon. It could be the first time you two met, a graduation, a ceremony, or any other time you both came together on friendly terms. There is no need for any conflict or high stakes in this scene, just an opportunity for friends to establish the foundation of the relationship. And as you are player one, yes. you will establish the scene. Okay. Now, there, uh, one of the big things about this system is that there's a rule of when one player establishes something, the other player cannot unestablish it. So if I say something like, your uncle was a traitor, your uncle is a traitor. Cool. You know, some, that, that's, that's a thing I establish. You can't say no to it. You were, we're yes-anding here. Right. So since this is a... Uh, so going back to it was a time of rebirth after war and famine, this is, this is after that or like that? Yes, this is after that, I think. Okay. Cool, cool. So I think you and I probably grew up in a large coastal uh, trading port city. Okay. And you were more of a, maybe a noble of some rank or a family wise. Um, I myself basically just a street urchin. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you find me probably late at night as you hear in your family's house, rustling that doesn't seem to be waking anyone else up uh perhaps out outside of your window you hear footsteps and maybe a, a, a 
be a crash of something heavy, like a not like a box or or a, 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 or plateware or dishes, but like or pottery. There we go. Um, but like a heavy thud, and you hear like a ow, fuck, and it sounds like it's coming from somewhere near the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, just a quick reminder before we jump in, we are both samurai. Oh. Um, mm. Which, I mean, you could have come from, like, a street urchin background. Yeah. Um, uh, and, of course, we hold, hold to the code of Bushido. Yeah. Uh, which the, the core tenets of which are righteousness, courage, benevolence, respect, sincerity, honor, loyalty, and self-control. Mm. So, just, just a thing to remember as cool. we play. Okay. I think Hatsuo hears this. And now, do we know each other at this point already? Or is this our first meeting? This is our first meeting. Okay. So I get up to go investigate. Because no one else seems to have heard it. And you said the kitchen? It sounds like it's coming from the kitchen, yes. Okay. I light a candle and make my way into the kitchen. All right. And I call out, who's there? And the rustling stops. It's okay. You have nothing to worry about here. The Ishihara clan has never turned away a stranger. And you still hear nothing. And Hatsuo puts the candle down on a on a table nearby. And right as you do that, you hear a thud. Oh, Fuck, and it sounds like it's coming from your pantry. Or whatever the equivalent mm-hmm. of a pantry would be back then. Like, but perhaps a storage area. Yeah, like in a, the a larger, room, perhaps. Yeah, the next room over. And Hatsuo gets a, f- a little smirk on his face. Well, I guess there's nothing here. I should go back to bed. And does like a like a mock, like, well, I'm walking away now <laughs> thing where he like kind of like clops off and like makes it sound like it's trailing away fuck and then he quietly turns around puts his hands on the table and kind of like leans in towards the door to the larder and like just waits for someone to come out it's about 30 or 45 seconds but you notice as you're looking towards the least called a larder larder i've never heard that word before uh, let me look up the exact definition please make do. sure i'm using it correctly yeah, a room or large cupboard for storing food. Nice. Cool. Learn your word. So, I, you see myself slowly, you like, you see like, oh shoot, I forgot we, uh, so real quick. Yeah. Um, before we continue on with this scene, I'm an idiot and forgot to, forgot the one thing we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um. For each scene, we have an objective we're supposed to choose in oh, secret. gotcha. Um, and uh, completing that objective awards a certain amount of dice. So for one die, you choose your own objective. For two dice, get your rival to agree to do something for you in the future. Three dice, get your rival to give you a personal item. Or four dice, get your rival to reveal their greatest personal weakness. And we each choose one in secret. Okay. Um, where did we write that? Wait, so oh, I, oh, yeah. oh, I see, I see. 
Um, Do you want somebody to cover it? I'm just going to cover it with my hands. And also try not to look at your sheet, so unless you want to do that, that works too. All right. You were you were coming out of the larder. Yes, I was coming out of the larder. You can just see with the fingers uh, of one of my hands just grab the uh, the outer edge of the door as I slowly peek my head out. And I look in the direction opposite of you, and then I look right towards you, and I just, I just turn to stone. And I'm looking right in your eyes. And Katsuo has this big grin on his face. It's all right. You can come out. And you can just see my eyes dart left to right once, twice. And I slowly come out. uh, I guess into the candlelight at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, And you can see in my hand there is... um, like a small loaf of bread. Um, And you can also kind of see uh, the clothes that I'm wearing. I'm basically just kind of wearing, like, shorts and... You could call it a shirt, but what it... it, it, It's... It's more like a, a rag that has a hole for my head. And, like... It, it's like if, uh, like if you cut a square blanket... Yeah. Yeah, it's not much. I'm 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 Hatsuo. Hatsuo Ishihara. Uh, and I put out my hand. You can kind of tell I'm maybe like Can we say have we uh like do you know what like ages we're doing cuz I could I, I want to say, say we're like early like late teens early 20s. Okay. Um I don't know if you fought in the war, but I probably was there for like the last month or two of it. Mm. Um, and you can you can see that like it's taking me some time to think about what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. and uh, I it takes me a bit, but I blurt out, "Dogen, I I I uh." Uh, 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 I, Aida. Dogen Aida. Well, Dogen Aida, take a seat at the table. That bread's not a meal. I'll make you, I'll, I'll cook you something up real quick. Okay. Go, go ahead and say that Aida is not a clan name. No, it's definitely a name he made up on the spot right yes. there. Yes. And I think Katsuo knows that. Yeah. I don't think Katsuo cares, though. And Hatsuo goes into the larder and gets out some rice, gets out some some fish, and he starts cooking them up a meal. And my eyes just widen. I, you can kind of tell. I'm not emaciated, but I'm but close. Yeah, you certainly go go days without food sometimes. Yes. And. I just look at you in disbelief as you place the food in front of me. Yeah, I think I think there's like a couple of minutes of silence as as Hatsuo's co- you know preparing the food, um, and he he gets a little he makes a little bit for himself and he puts the two plates down in front of them and sits down on the floor at the table. And go on, dig in. He, he I sorry, I look at you and then look at the food. 
and I just breathe in, and I just grab the bowl and just like li- like like a dog, just start eating at the food. It's like face first. Yes, like like before I even do that, I grab the bowl, and you can hear of my of my stomach, and just like right at the end of that, it's just face first in the food, mm-hmm. and I scarf it down. And you must have been really hungry, huh? I, uh, in between bites, I'm taking breaths. Um, so I think, I think Hatsu has never experienced poverty in his life. <laughs> and so he's a little amused, like, not like, like, oh, look at this poor Ew. person. But he's like, wow, I've never seen someone so hungry before. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you sweet, you sweet, poor, rich kid who has never experienced a day of hardship in his life, huh? Mm. So he, he finishes his food. Uh, very quickly after you say that, um, he just looks at you and uh, he just he just says, offhandedly, "Yeah, it's been a couple days." Oh, I, oh, I just I just wasn't expecting anything like this. It's this is really good. What is this? Well, it's it's just a little something my my mom taught me to make. Huh. So you live around here? I don't think I've ever seen you before. He pause or I pause and I glance down. Um again trying to think of something. Yeah, I uh I, I live by the docks. Oh, well, that would be why I've never seen you. I, re- I don't really have a reason to go down there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty busy. It's it's mainly just workers and traders. Yeah. And I think they sit in silence for another minute or two. Yeah. Um, and you hear my stomach go again. We got plenty of food if you want something else. And he's taken aback. I'm taken aback. R- r- really? And he puts his hand uh on the table benevolence is the samurai way i'll be right back and he goes in goes back into the larder and brings out more food the moment you say that by the way after you go back he 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 hears that phrase bounce in his uh around in his head again and the word samurai brings up not entirely pleasant images, but he shakes his head. Um, or specifically, what you said, uh, samurai are about benevolence. He shakes his head and watches you as you go. And he comes back out and puts down another round of food in front of him, uh, which I think Dogen just immediately launches into eating again. Yes, I, I say thank you, and then mm-hmm. just launch right into it. Do you have a place to stay tonight, Dogen? And I stop. Like mid chew. And you and there's like again, I'm eating this like a dog mm-hmm. and like I stop my hands are on the table. But a rice like dribbles out. <laughs> and I look up and like food falls out of my mouth. It's like Uh Yes. You didn't sound too confident in that, are you sure? I mean a safe place to stay. You know, a place with four walls and a roof. He's silent. 
He's never. I, I've never experienced this before. You can. Like I don't know that my parents would approve, but you could stay here tonight. Are you sh- are you sure? But you got to promise me something. In the morning, we're gonna we're gonna help you find some work, and maybe you won't have to go a day without eating again. I. Okay. Okay. And he looks down at his bowl. I look down at my bowl. I don't like you doing the third person. I switch between the two. Yeah. And he just and he just right back at it again. I guess it's kind of like a shot of maybe, like the camera pulling out and yeah. it's just the candle in between us in the darkness on the table and just the sounds of eating. Just yeah, and you just kind of like looking at me, as the camera pulls out and it fades to black. Yeah. Uh, so what was your objective for that scene? My my objective was, uh, have a place to stay and live. Oh hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and mine was um, get your rival to agree to do something for you in the future. All right, which I think I did as well. Is this more of like when it comes to objectives? Is this more like a meta objective or like something more based on like what your character specifically wants? I think it's more of a meta thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um. So more for the narrative. Uh, as you will to. get one die, mm-hmm. and I will get two. Cool. <sighs> and go ahead and circle that in on the bottom too. Yeah. So we can remember how many regular dice you have and how many hatred dice you have. Just so it's just regular dice, yeah. Yeah. Got it. So. Yes. Our next scene. The time you cross the line. And mm. this will be one that I set up. Okay. The first ripple in the smooth pond of the friendship. The first time you will see your rival as an enemy. During this scene, something has happened that puts the two of you at odds. Circumstance might have put you on opposite sides of an issue, or an ideological difference may have put you in a disagreement. No matter the source, someone crossed the line and threw a stone into the smooth pond. This scene is all about a conflict of ideologies. A military negotiation, a political bargain, or a crisis of honor. All could be the setting for this first step towards the duel. Both samurai come into the situation with different goals or interests, and will likely leave dissatisfied. It is best to set this scene in some kind of external conflict or situation where only one side can possibly get what they want. So I think the Ishiharas eventually fell on hard times. And Hatsuo was was forced to seek employment. What kind of employment? Uh, Well, as a samurai. Thought so. I think he and Dogen end up joining a mercenary group that in peacetime has become more of like a local police force and we've come to stop or settle I guess a disagreement between a local magistrate and a farmer on the edge of town. And the magistrate claims that he can take the farmer's land to build out the defenses of the city, or of the town, rather. Whereas the farmer says that this is his land and that the magistrate has no precedence to take his land. And we have been sent to settle this disagreement. 
And so we find ourselves in the court of this magistrate. And he is sitting at the head of the room. um, And the farmer is knelt like a distance away from him where you would, where he would receive like visitors or people with legitimate complaints or what have you. And we, as the moderators are standing sort of away from them between the two of them. I'm going to say if we're both like a rank in these, uh, uh, in, in this mercenary group that I'm under you. Yeah. um, I, I definitely think it's like a sheriff deputy kind of situation where, Where, Specifically because of your noble birth. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh, Hatsuo was immediately just like jumped up in the ranks um, and brought Dogen along with him. Yeah. And I think at this point they're conferring between the two of them. Okay. Between ourselves? Yeah. Or, Hatsuo okay. and Dogen are, are conferring. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Dogen. This one's a tricky one. What are you feeling about it? Well, honestly, I think the magistrate has his people's best interests in mind. Sure, it... This farmer would lose his land, but overall the people would benefit. Yeah, but he loses livelihood, and he's a part of that people. And there hasn't been a war in this area for such a long time. No, but... I think it's just a grab for more power. does have a legitimate concern, though, with bandits in the area. Would the farmer not also be safer if the walls were made stronger? Could they just not put guards out there? Perhaps patrol every now and then? Then you're putting lives at risk, aren't you? If they have to be out there, if those men have to be out there patrolling, that means they could be attacked and killed. Whereas with a wall, they'd be able to be on the wall and safer. But this, but this magistrate's county, uh, yeah, that works. All right, uh, that was gotta be better. Um, but the people of this town will have less food and less less like reliance on each other, and again, I just I I think it's an overreach of of power. I mean. How much can you take and just claim that it's yours? It's it's the principle of the matter as well. I mean, yeah, sometimes you get bandits, but that's that happens. There's other ways around this outside of taking another person's land. Especially one that feeds its own people. I'm sure the farmer will be compensated, though. How so? I mean, that's their family land. I mean, you heard mm. them. They've had that for generations. I have to believe the magistrate has his people's best interests in mind. I just... You and I both know that people with power and authority have more authority to abuse that power. But it's also his responsibility to use that power wisely. Exactly. And the magistrate, I think, calls out at this point. Have the two of you reached a decision? I think Dogen and Hatsuo share a look of, like, 
they share a look, but I'm not sure what the emotion here is. I guess it's 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 uncomfortable. Yeah. Because we haven't had a disagreement like this, especially when it comes to our job. Our job. And also I, I think just talking about these two different people in power, uh, two mm-hmm. different uh, levels of power, the farmer and the magistrate, and then us talking about that, and then the idea of you're a noble and I am literally a peasant. And I think maybe perhaps for you, you think that I might be perhaps taking my role for granted or... I think also... Um, Hatsuo thinks that because Dogen didn't grow up in this sort of uh, situation of power, he doesn't understand the weight of the burden that the magistrate bears. And I think, conversely, Dogen, because he was, uh, because he wasn't born in that, also knows the the consequence of the carelessness. Of, uh, of the actions of people who are in power when it comes to the livelihoods mm-hmm. of the people they affect. And I think Hatsuo looks down and right there on his chest, right above his heart, yeah. is some sort of, maybe not necessarily maybe a badge, but like a a pin or a brooch of some sort that is the symbol of his authority. And he looks at it and he looks over to Dogen where it would be on him, but of course there isn't one there. And Hatsuo steps forward. We have, Your Honor. We rule in favor of the magistrate. And the farmer, I think, rises to his feet and shouts about how we you know we can't do this it's his land but the magistrate's not paying attention the magistrate just nods and orders his men to remove the you know remove the family from their land and then i look i look i glare at you and then over at the magistrate and what of the farmer and his family What's going to happen to them? The livelihoods that have literally sustained them for generations. They will be relocated. Where? You shall find room for them. You could just do that? What gives you the right? Excuse me? And he looks to Hatsuo. You let your subordinates mouth off like this to their betters? And so Hatsuo looks ashamed. He says, Dogen, you forget your place. You forget your code. What do you mean? What tenant of Bushido have I forgotten, Dogen? Please. Instruct me. You've forgotten your benevolence. Having another man take another man's land simply for fears that we can't even prove are there, that we can't find other things for. 
It's benevolence is for all of the rest of the people. We can't, he can't sacrifice the needs of one for the needs of many. Where's that courage to actually truly think and to stand up for the people that you're serving? Is it the people? Or is it those above you? Are you just another dog? Where does your honor lie? Don't presume to throw the first stone without first thinking about how you yourself have broken Bushido. Where is your self-control, Dogen? To lash out like a like a dog that's been kicked? I'm fully in control. It's taken every ounce of my self-control not to yell and lash out at these landlords who are taking more and more from their people for their own power and money and putting people back in the streets without a job, without a... without without roofs over their heads. So there could be more Dogans before they met you. I wish I could make you understand, Dogan. And he turns to the magistrate. The decision is final. We will escort the family from their land. And he grabs Dogan by the shoulder. I shift away. We have a job to do. Are you with me? So you say, are you with me? And I look at you. Yes. And I turn it, my head away as I slowly walk towards the family. And you can just kind of hear my breath, under my breath. But at what cost? And we cut out from there. So uh, what was your goal for this scene? <sighs> Man, I don't know why I specifically chose it. I was... No, I took a pretty risky one, too. Get your get your rival to draw blood from... Oh, good. Person. Me, too. Hey! Uh, so neither of us accomplished that. So we each get one hatred die. Oh, boy. Oh, where did I take my other... Oh, okay. Sorry. So. What a doozy. Now comes a real big one. Mm-hmm. The next scene is the time you failed me. The conflict between you bubbles to the surface. You both know your relationship is unsteady and turbulent, yet circumstances have driven you to seek the talents of the other. This is when mistrust turns to hatred, humility turns to jealousy. The one time you come seeking help from your old friend, they only bring their own desires. In this scene, one or both samurai should be seeking help from the other. The setting should be all about conflict in a situation of strong emotional engagement. A battlefield, a ship in a storm, a betrayal, or an assassination would all be good settings for this scene. At this time, both samurai desperately need the other because their most valued beliefs are on the line. This scene represents the principles behind the feud. It is the reason the two samurai will eventually draw steel. By the end of this scene, you should understand exactly why the duel will occur. So, Zach, it seems you are you are dabbing furiously. Ooh. Please inform me of, of what the scene is. There's a peasant revolt. Yes. You've asked my help. And it's led by a group of, well, of course, peasants, farmers, uh, lower merchants, um, and maybe a temple or two of local Buddhist monks um, revolting against uh, the nobles of mm-hmm. the nearby farms of the are we still in the our uh, uh our coastal town sort of area i'd say so yeah 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 so you're asking me to help 
Um, at this point, I'm probably going to say this is maybe like what a few years later after our last event. I'd say like a year or two later. Okay, I could do that. Um, um at this point, like even by our last event, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I was immersed in, I guess, like Zen Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and the local buddhist monks um and their monasteries slash temples and i've generally as you've seen have been falling more towards back the uh back towards the um like i guess when it comes to how i look at authority mm-hmm. um as you can tell not a big fan um specifically when i find it unjust and when it's not serving the people who serve it um or who who actually like keep it up um so i think at this point i'm still like a member of you know the like an honor member of your family uh perhaps we're still in the mil or in the in our in our mercenary group or not uh the point is it the uprising is happening and you've asked me or i guess you're coming to my room in our uh it's not a mansion it would be like a uh Estate. Estate, yeah. Uh, asking for my help. I think you're also coming to me, though, to ask me for help. Hmm. Or to maybe, like, convince me to... To join you. To join. Yeah. Or to throw my support in behind them. Yeah. So let's go ahead and... Yeah. Pick our goals for this scene. Cool. I got it. Okay. So... So, yes, we are in the Ishihara estate. And Hatsuo has come to seek you out. And he throws open the screen of the door. Token, it's terrible. People there, well, they're in open rebellion. And you see me... uh, I'm meditating, uh, meditating, meditating, shut up, meditating, cross legs, um, towards a blank wall, and I don't answer. Togan, did you hear me? This could turn into a full-on rebellion. We need to do something about it. Our entire way of life is at risk. And which way of life is that? It's very quiet and under my breath, mm-hmm. but you can, you can, you can definitely hear it. I slowly get up, and you can kind of hear the, like, the hissing of my robes as I walk around, or uh, turn around and walk towards you. And you notice that Hatsuo is in full armor and has his sword on his at his side. And you look at me and notice that I'm in black robes with a monk sash. Dogen, they'll kill us. These people, they, they're screaming about injustices and, and unfairness, and they're coming for our heads. Did it come out of nowhere? I mean, these are people. They're not animals. No, but you put the right voice in a crowd, and you can turn them into animals. I don't know who started this or where it's come from, but... I think you know exactly who started this. And Hatsuo stops and locks eyes with, with Dogen. What do you mean? 
Do you remember the magistrate incident? I do. And how many more have happened since then without our even being there? That's not the first, that's not an isolated incident. And many others like it. We did what was right to protect the people. How many how many how many farms would have been burned if, if they hadn't shored up their defenses, Dogan? How many of those people are are now in our streets because we took away their farms? Their livelihoods. I walk the streets every day and I see families and and young men and women and paupers. And all I see is my own face on them. I've walked these streets for so long. I thought I would know every face, but so many of these people are here asking, begging for help and for food. And we're the ones that put them there. Hatsuo. We gave them a sword. And it's... It's about to plunge right into our necks. I can't believe that, Dogen. I can't. It's... The Ishihara clan has always been about... Giving to those in need. And... Practicing the benevolence of a samurai. We have... Were you part of the Ishihara clan when you took away that farmer's land? I guess it's true what they say. What's that? You can take a pauper out of the streets, but you can't teach him nobility. I believe in the Bushido Code. And I believe in loyalty. I've just been trying to find out where exactly that lies. So yes. I think I know where my loyalty lies. Don't do this, Dogen. We're brothers. Maybe not by blood. But you would be nowhere without us. You would still be on those streets. And I thank you. How? By throwing in the people who come to kill me? We didn't respect them. We showed no righteousness to them, taking away their livelihoods. We cower behind our walls so that they can feed us, they can serve in our armies. We let them throw away their honor and their lives for us. And for what? Without us, Dogen, they would have no lives to live. Without us, they would fall into chaos. There'd be no law. There'd be no order. There would be no Bushido without us. Is that the future you want? What was the war for if not to restore peace? What was the war for if not to end a famine? People, yes, are with, without employment sometimes. Yes, sometimes people go hungry, but people are not starving and dying like they were. 
Progress takes time, Dogen. Why can't you see that? Our Bushido code brought us here. Do you think it'll take us out? And I turn away. And there's a there's another door in my room that like opens up to the outside. And you can see that I already have like like basically would be like equivalent to like you know a, a, a medieval duffel bag just full of what you can kind of consume. Um, uh, what you consume is uh, like my armor, my weapons, mm-hmm. some food, rations, stuff like that. Um, and I walk slowly across and get my shoes on, whatever they would call them. Sandals. Sandals, yeah. Um, no, there's a special word. But yeah, cool. Um, my sandals. And I grab the bag and sling it over my shoulder. And I'm about to touch the screen door leading outside. This code brought us here. Matsu. I hope it doesn't take you out. Promise me this, Dogen. If you won't stand with me, just go. Just, I don't want to have to kill you on the battlefield. And there's just a silence between the two of them. You can kind of hear in the background, like, the small rumblings of yelling and fighting. Hatsuo, mm-hmm. I'm sorry it came to this. I can't promise you anything anymore. Not after what you've done. Not after what we've done. Just go, man. And very quietly, like you can, you can't even hear it moving. I open the door. And close it quietly before me, and I walk off with some smoke in the sky mm-hmm. as some buildings are starting to burn. And the last shot we see of this scene is Hatsuo donning his helmet, drawing his sword, and making his way out to the city. So, what was your objective? My objective was get your rival to walk out of an important event. And I don't think I did that. What was yours? Uh, get your rival to speak out against you. I don't think I did that. I think you kind of did, actually. You think so? Because the way that I imagined it was like you like denounced me in front of your family or something like that. But, I mean, speak out against I me. I think it was just enough that like he basically told you that because you're a, pop- you're a popper and you weren't born into this, that you'll never understand the responsibility. Basically, like I said, you're not smart enough to understand. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, or you're you're too much of a commoner to understand. Like you inherently just can't. You just you can't get this. Yeah. So I think I think you did achieve yours. All right. Uh, so you get two dice. Uh, two hatred or just two regular. Two regular, and I get two hatred. Oh, I move them. Oh no, those are those are mine. Yeah, what did I? I oh, I'm, oh, right here. I move them back. Yeah, there we go. So I have four. Cool. So the next scene. The time we strived for peace. The reemerging calm in the middle of the pond, a broken relationship once thought to be lost forever, now has one last chance for rebirth. During this scene. The rivals have been brought together on friendly terms, and they remember why they were friends in the first place. 
The anger still lingers under the surface, but there is hope for the future. This scene is all about peace. The world-shattering crisis has passed, or has taken an intermission for a time. The setting should be low stress for the samurai, like a tea ceremony, a samurai's graduation, a victory celebration. Any scene where the samurai can come together as equals and talk about what has happened. The scars of the past are still visible, and will surely come up in conversation. That you were once friends, and this is the time to reflect on that. I think we find ourselves a couple of years later. Um, and the rebellion was a success. The nobles were overthrown, and some new form of government was installed in their place. And it's been hit or miss. They've had their successes, but they've also had their shortcomings. And I think the place we find ourselves is at an establishment that serves food to the poor. Like a like a food like a soup kitchen. And is it run by like monks or something? Yes. And one of the monks that runs it is Dogen. And one day in shuffles Hatsuo. And it's been several years since they've seen since that day that Dogen left. Mm. And Hatsuo is a much different man now. Where he used to be very lively and very passionate. He looks sad and broken. And he comes in and he gets his Oh, we need to oh, yeah, our objectives yeah, yeah, real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he comes in, he gets his soup, and he sits down at a table. And I think Dogen approaches him. Yeah. I think I recognize you at first. Would you like something to eat? And he looks up. Dogen? Hatsuo? I... Would you sit? Let me bring you something first. Of course. And then I go back into basically what's the kitchen. And it takes me about like three, five minutes. Mm -hmm. But I come out and I have two big bowls in my hands. And I place it down. And it's the recipe that you made for me that was by your mother. And he breaks into a smile. And this is probably the first time he's smiled in a long time. You remembered. It's one of my favorite meals. You look well, Dogen. I'm glad you're alive. I almost didn't make it. And I think he pulls back his... um, because he's wearing like a kimono, I guess. Yeah. And pulls back the one of the, the flaps, and there's just like a gruesome scar down the center of his chest. My smile just fades away. So I'm looking at your scar. I guess one of the farmers mistook me for a bushel of wheat and tried to reap me. And he, he chuckles at his own joke <laughs> and grows sad again. 
What brings you here? The quality of your clothes. What are they? It's not great. Ah. They look worn with travel. I've been around. I've been... After the rebellion. Of course. Your family. All dead, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm so sorry. I alone managed to escape. And... I've been in exile the past couple of years. Seems to have been long enough that no one remembers me, at least. Or at least... They don't care enough to chop my head off. Do you say that in a joking manner? He does. Yeah. I... In a very, like, fatalistic kind of way. I kind of grin at that, and you can tell it's a sort of, <laughs> yeah, sort of a fatalistic, like, very short chuckle. Yeah. And there's, like, a pause, and I, I feel they're both kind of looking down at their food right now, which they haven't touched. Um, and Dogen's throat and mouth are just very dry and you can just hear his he opens his mouth and you can just kind of hear the hesitation do do you need a place to stay it's it's going to be winter in about a week it's cold enough as it is thank you but I'll be fine. I won't be staying long in town as it is. I, no one's recognized me yet, but I don't want to risk it for too long. I just... Something called me back here, I guess. Do you have any money for the road? I've got enough. Do you? I'm not blind. I'll be fine. You know, the roads between towns are still... Rough, do you have do you have any weapons to protect you? And he chuckles. What is a samurai without his sword? I have one, yes. Huh. I didn't bring it with me into town. Didn't wanna rile anyone up. I understand. You know, I I still have your uncle's sword. Keep it. Are you sure? The Ishihara name means nothing anymore. It still has you. <laughs> and you can kind of see Dogen's tearing up a bit. It's pensive but regretful because he doesn't regret what he does. He just regrets the pain that you had to go through mm -hmm. and that we in a relationship had to go through with each other and how he just regrets it had to come this way. Tell me, Dogen. Yes. Is there any, is there any way you wish it could have gone? Anything you regret? If there's anything I've learned, at my time at the temple, as that many of these things are cyclical. 
I think you and I were just good friends in a game of Go. And we were just on opposite sides. I'm sorry. Thank you for the food, Token. And he rises. And without another word, he leaves. And we fade to black. Uh, so I had chosen get your rival to admit something they did wrong. And like halfway through it, I'm like, and don't really didn't do anything wrong, huh? <laughs> so I guess that's on me. I'm going to be honest with you. That was the same thing with me. I don't know why I didn't like really push it. Like, yeah. Because I was really just feeling like, here's who was my best friend. I'm not going to batter them down. Yeah. I th- so here's one hatred dice for each of us. Yep. <laughs> so. Yes. The time it came to blood. The final conflict emerges, and the rivalry boils over. Memories of the past mean nothing. The hope of peace is gone, and the only possible conclusion can be death. A decision has been made. You no longer have a friend. You no longer have an ally. The samurai you once knew is your enemy. This will be the final scene, and the last time you will face your rival. When setting this scene, you should reference the prologue of the story as it should correspond with the We Stand Upon Declaration. This setting should be inspired by the events that occurred in the last four scenes. All of the emotion, the passion, and hatred from the entire story culminates here. All key components should come together to form this scene. This is it. After the last sword strike, you have reached the end of the game. So, um... Oh. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at the elements we've set up. So you are Dogen Aida. Yes. Which is a made up name. Uh, you were a pauper who broke into my home. <laughs> and I am Hatsuo Ishihara, the son of a noble family who fed you and brought you into the family. We grew up together, and we eventually joined a mercenary group that for, uh, that acted as sort of a police force. We presided over a court hearing between a magistrate and a farmer whose land he was trying to seize, and Hatsuo took the initiative and ruled in favor of the magistrate. Afterwards, a year or two later, a rebellion of farmers rose up. And the nobility was struck down. Hatsuo sided with the nobility. Dogen sided with the farmers. A year or two later, they met again in their family, or their childhood village, where Dogen worked at a soup kitchen, and Hatsuo was a poor traveler. They now return again, to their childhood village, to the hill overlooking it, where a blooming sakura tree stands. How do we set this up? Is this my turn to set it yes. up? Yes. Um, How would you feel if Hato Ishihara 
what if you were either in another mercenary group or you had been picked up by another clan and rose in the ranks of them because you've had military experience mm-hmm. you have some sense of nobility behind you the name and honor might be more important than actual merit i like that yeah but you do have merit behind you as well mm-hmm. because of your previous experience and perhaps you're now along with them trying to take back this village in seaside town and i think they have convinced me that dogen orchestrated the rebellion against the nobility and that he alone is to blame for the fall of my family. Okay. And so I have issued you the challenge. Meet me on this hill and settle our differences. And I think that's where we find us. Okay. And so this scene will go on uh, until we feel it is done. And then we will repeat the declarations from the beginning of the game. Okay. Starting with you. Um, But we aren't there yet. Okay. Cool. So we beat each other under the Sakura tree? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you see me and, like, there's a group of farmers behind me and then, like, one or two monks behind me. Um, Uh, And Hatsuo has several like um samurai from this clan that he that took him in behind him Hmm. and they sort of converge on either side of this hill and then dogen and hatsuo ascended alone Hmm. and meet each other at the top so i as we both nod to each other to head up to the top, I, I was I am wearing my monk's robes, but mm-hmm. I take them off, and you can see that it's basically just, um. I guess what like a, a, a pants and uh, no top basically, but yeah. I have strapped to myself, two swords. No, one sword, but I'm carrying the other in my hand, and they're both sheathed. Um, so to my side is a katana. And then another katana in my hand. Um, And I walk up by myself. And Hatsuo is in the armor of his family. Hmm. And he has the katana he's carried his whole life at his side. Um, And strapped to his back is the flag of the family that took him in. And he removes his helmet, hands it to one of the men with him, and ascends the hill. And they meet beneath the Sakura tree. How far away from each other are we? I'd say there's about 10 feet between them. So I have in my hand this katana. And I look at you. I guess I can't convince you to turn back, can I? And I hold up the sword. This is your uncle's sword. And I throw it at you. At your feet. And Hatsuo spits 
on the ground and kicks the sword to the side, sending it tumbling down the hill. It falls out of its sheath, mm-hmm. and you notice that it's not completely unused, but it's pristine. Like it's been sharpened and mm-hmm. been cleaned over the years. That sword has been sullied by your dishonor for far too long. And I'm look and as you say that, I, I, I'm I've been looking over at the sword as it tumbles down the hill. I've had enough of your talk of honor in the Bushido code. Your actions were the only thing that ever mattered. And that's exactly what has brought us here. And I say that while not looking at you. And I turn my head back and glare directly at you. You never cared about Bushido, Dogen. You've been dishonest and disloyal since the day I met you. I brought you into my home. I clothed you. I fed you. I made you my brother. And at the end of the day, you conspired against me. You were a rat in my house. You poisoned us from within. I never wanted this to happen. The only person I ever lied to is myself until the day I realized that this code, the honor of the nobles, was the only farce that was in my way of getting some real justice. I see you still believe in it. Bushido's gotten us this far. And will it take us out? I have nothing left to say to you. Words only mean so much. And as I say that, I pull out my sword and ready my stance. And Hatsuo does the same. It was a time of rebirth after war and famine. We stand upon the hill overlooking our childhood village beneath the blooming sakura tree. I remember when you gave me your uncle's sword. This feud started when you fell in with the wrong crowd. My name is Dogen Aeda, and I am a rogue monk, and I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. My name is Hatsuo Ishihara. I am heartbroken at your betrayal, and I cannot allow your actions to go unchallenged. So what was your objective here? My objective was to get your rival to renounce something they once believed in. I don't think that happened. Nope. nope. And mine was uh, take something important away from your rival, and I didn't do that either. So, What were you going to try to take? Um, well, I was going to do the sword, but I guess it didn't matter at the end. Yeah, it's like, yeah, take. I didn't want it anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just going to be like, you, you got some, you, are you, you're still going to go with the whole nobility and whatnot? So yeah. We're real bad at this game. Wait, how many hate die do we get? Um, we each get one. Okay. So, so I am at five. Wait, what? What? Wait, so hold on. Do I get hate die for every... So you got uh, you got one die because you achieved your objective in the time we were friends. Yes. You got one hatred die from the time you crossed the line because neither of us achieved our objective. Gotcha. Um, in three, I think you accomplished your objective... In the time you failed me? 
Giger able to speak out against you. Yes, and yeah. I did that. So you got two from that one. Yeah. Okay. And no hatred that time. Gotcha. Um, then the time we strive for peace, neither of us achieved our objective, so we each gained one die. And then the time it came to blood, neither of us achieved our objective, so we each gained one die. Okay, yeah. So cool. you're at three and three. Yeah. So what's how, how does the roll work? So. Man. So we have our dice. Yeah. So when it comes time to make the final roll to determine the duel, both players will roll their pool of dice, not hatred dice yet, and then count only the highest rolled number and how many times that number was rolled. Whoever rolls the highest number wins the duel. If the highest number from both players is the same, the player who rolled that number the most times wins. Um, however, after the dice have been rolled, players should not move or adjust their numbers, as the results could change if they are harnessing hatred. Hatred dice are rolled after the initial roll and will be used to modify the results. After you have rolled your standard dice, if you are using hatred, you will roll another pool of d6s equal to the amount of hatred you have accumulated throughout the game. Hatred dice will get added together with your standard dice roll to give you the final result. Okay. However, if you harness hatred, you will discard any normal dice that show a number higher than your hatred dice. Okay. The last thing to occur before the final duel is each player must decide if they want to harness or release their anger. If a player decides to harness their hatred, they will use both dice pools for the final duel as described in the previous section. If a player decides to release their anger, they will let go of past emotions and enter the final duel with a calm spirit. A player that releases their hatred will, will discard all of their hatred dice and roll only their standard dice for the final strike. So will you harness your hatred or will you release it? I'm going to harness mine. And uh, what's the the uh, the calm spirit mechanic? Um, they just you roll with just your regular dice. Okay. So we'll. Hmm. I guess character wise, I'll probably say no. So you're I going to release your hatred, or you're going to yeah release it and not harness it. Yeah. So, so first, let me first just roll. So you discard all your hatred dice. Goodbye. So now we roll our regular dice. And then I will roll my hatred dice. Okay. So I discard. Nope, I don't. So your highest number is a four. My highest number is a five. So Hatsuo wins the final duel. The duel will be decided by a single sword strike from each samurai. In game terms, this is done by rolling your dice and hatred if you were harnessing it and comparing the results. How dice rolls work are described in the... Yeah, whatever. Both players will make their rolls and announce their final result. Based on these rolls, one of, things, one of three things will happen to your samurai. You roll higher than your opponent, you kill your rival. Your opponent rolls higher than you, your rival kills you. You and your opponent tie, you kill each other. After the rolls have been announced, the samurai that won the duel will describe their sword strike and the emotion driving it. This description should take into account their choice of hatred. For a samurai that let go of their hatred, the player should describe the tranquil state of the strike and the acceptance of the moment. 
For a samurai that is harnessing their hatred, the player should describe the bitterness and rage that fill their final act of retribution against their rival. So, there is a long silence between Hatsuo and Dogen. The sound of the wind is all we can hear as it blows through the Sakura tree. And they begin to circle each other. Dogen, with an expression of tranquility and acceptance, and Hatsuo, boiling with rage, gripping his sword tighter and tighter. And there's a moment where Dogen seems to accept that his brother is dead, that the man he once knew is gone. And in that moment, Hatsuo sees his vulnerability. And he recalls all the lies he's been told by his new clan about how Dogen infiltrated his family and led the rebellion against him and did it all so that Hatsuo would be humiliated and without his power and would feel the way that Hatsuo made him feel once. And Hatsuo sees this moment of weakness in Dogen and knows that this is the only chance he'll get. And he charges him, shouting the entire way. And he brings his sword up over his head and down around his side, straight through Dogen's exposed stomach. And he slices him from end to end. And we cut to black. Now, there is one last thing we do before we finish. Once the victor has been determined, there is only one thing left to do. The player that has died will rip their character sheet in half, symbolizing the sword cut, and give it to the other player. This moment is the end of the game. No words are said, no epilogue spoken. The game was a moment in time for two players that has now come to an end. They should quietly lament on what has transpired in the lives of these samurai, and let those reflections live on in the players' memories. Beneath the Sakura Tree is a roleplay television production. It is powered by Reflections by Jim McClure. You can find it and more of his work at thirdactpub.com. Dogen Aieda was played by Zach. You can find him at OneFormless on Twitter. Hatsuo Ishihara was played by Mark Deguzis. You can find them at WildDeguzis on Twitter. As always, if you've enjoyed our show, please consider sharing it with your friends and family and check out the rest of the RPTV lineup. If you'd like updates about the show and our network, you can follow us on Twitter at TheRoleplayTV. Thank you for tuning in. Your support means the world to us. 
We'll see you next time.